welcome to your best riding life. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, you'll receive tips and strategies from experts in the riding and publishing industry to help boost your best riding life. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to the kickoff episode of Your Best Riding Life. The first stop in our kickoff is one of our illustrious founders, Diane Mills, and she's going to share today's writer's tip. Let me tell you a little bit about Diane. Diane Mills is a best-selling author who believes her readers should expect an adventure. Her titles have appeared on the CBA and ECPA bestseller lists, won two Christie Awards, the Inspirational Reader's Choice, and Carol Award Contests. Whoa, Diane speaks to groups and teaches writing all over the country. It is a great day, and I'm so glad that you're here, Diane. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I am thrilled. All right. So, Diane, share with us, what is your writer's tip for today? Well, Linda, today I want to talk to your listeners about why setting must be antagonistic. Fiction writers search for ways to raise the stakes for the protagonist. We dig deep within the character's landscape to make him or her squirm and use their strengths to grow them into true heroes and heroines. And it's easy to turn to the obvious means of adding stress and tension and conflict through characterization or dialogue or plot twists or symbolism and emotive conflict. Those are powerful tools. And yes, we want to use those techniques, but an antagonistic setting means shaky ground for the protagonist. Survival extends beyond defeating a villain, and that villain or antagonist can be physical, mental, or spiritual. It is the opportunity for us writers to ensure that every breath of the character is met with potential disaster. So if we can establish a setting that is masked as a means to grow character, we can force that character to change and grow And they often don't realize it because they aren't taking into consideration all the facts, all the aspects of a setting. Now, I know some of you are asking yourself, what does she mean? But what I'm telling you is setting is as much a gift to the reader as an intricate storyline. And, you know, usually setting is physical, as in an unexpected storm, a rough terrain, uh, a natural desire, a bad guy, disasters. But an antagonistic setting can also be a dream world, an unconscious state, a hallucination, some type of fear, altered thinking. Spiritual opposition is rooted in a belief system that's contrary to truth. So whatever the location, setting can keep your characters and the plot moving in directions that aren't always predictable to the reader. And when a surprise occurs in the setting, it should be seamless. So a little bit more about what I'm talking about is this. When we establish a setting that's antagonistic, we are incorporating the same characteristics that we do for a villain or an antagonist. And that means that that setting has to be charming. 
It can be manipulative. It can be enticing. It can be tempting. And it can turn on us in a dime or on a dime or however that goes. But it is a surprise that the reader isn't anticipating. So that makes it fun also. So I encourage all of you fiction writers, and you know what? Think about this, nonfiction writers. When you are creating a scenario to show a particular theme or a topic in your nonfiction, when you can add some antagonism that shows the power of creative thinking and the point you're trying to make, that makes your work stronger too. So writers, think about that antagonistic setting and add another wonderful layer to your novel writing. Thanks. Oh, this is good. I really like that you also brought in the aspect of having this setting as a purpose thought for nonfiction writers. Great tip. Now we're going to move into our soul care tip for writers. I'm going to introduce to you the second half of our dynamic duo, Edie Melson. Find your voice, live your story. Well, that's Edie Melson's core message. Her blog, The Right Conversation, reaches thousands and has consistently been named a Writer's Digest Top 100 Sites for Writers. As the author of numerous award-winning books, she's quick to remind those she meets about the practical and personal applications of God's infinite love. Edie, so good to have you. I am excited to be here. We are all just excited. I'm just going to tell you that. Edie, if you would, please share what your soul care tip is for our writers. All right. Thank you, Linda. I think I'm going to pull our soul care tips for writers directly from the time and place that we're living in right now. I don't know about you all, but this has been an absolutely exhausting year. But truthfully, coming out of the summer and into the fall, even in a normal year, sometimes writers end up starting the fall depleted and discouraged. And we still have the end of the year holidays to survive. So my tip is going to be regarding how to face the remaining months with more than just an attitude of survival or hanging on with your fingernails. Instead, how are we going to face this uncertain time with joy? And I think the key to that is to return to writing from a place of faith. I love the Bible verse, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And I realized a while back that that is an absolutely perfect writing verse for me. Because if that's not an encapsulation of what the writing life is, I don't know what is. I think that sometimes we need to be reminded that no matter what we do right or wrong, that the outcome of where my writing ends up is in God's capable hands. And he is trustworthy. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need to be obedient and put in the work and the hours at the keyboard or learning the craft. But what I'm saying is that's our part. But then the results are something that we have to leave up to him doesn't matter what we're writing, whether we're writing a blog post or even a social media update or a book. It doesn't matter because how each post, each article turns out as well as how the book turns out is up to God. 
He cares about every aspect of my writing. He is involved in the details. He is watching and sitting beside me as I'm typing away at my computer. He cares about the people who will read it, and he has decided when is the best time for my words to be read. My part is just small. It's just obedience. Now, I know what you're thinking. Obedience is anything but easy. But the fact is, even though it's not easy, it is small. All the big stuff, where my work gets published, how the world is going to receive it, whether or not publishing contracts are going to go forward in this crazy COVID world, all of that is in God's capable hands. And that's not mine to worry about. My part is just putting words on the screen, putting words on paper, and remembering that the big stuff is God. It's not our place to think too far ahead in the process because only God knows the end from the beginning. But when I let go of control and just write in faith, then my joy in the writing gift that he has given me returns, blossoms, and carries me through. Well, I'm just going to say that I am so glad God is in the details. Knowing that, holding on to that, it makes my heart soar and it gives me freedom. And I think all of our writers heard that today, that knowing that we do what we do, but God takes care of everything else. Thank you so much, Edie. Well, there you go. These are great tips. As a special treat for all of you, we posted the link to an additional PDF, and it's September's Writer's Tips and Soul Care for Writer's Tips in our show notes, so don't leave without getting this month's copy. It's absolutely beautiful, so you're going to love this. All right, girls, I am bursting at the seams to get this kickoff party started. So Edie, what I'd like to do is I'm going to cut straight to the chase here, and I'm going to ask you, if you would, to share first about your writing journey. And Diane, you could be prepared. I'm going to ask you about that a little bit later. I'm really looking for transparent moments here. Those that are beginner writers, those that are best-selling authors, everything that we offer them in your best writing life is, is going to be relatable to them in their journey. And I think knowing the journey of our founders is really going to help them understand how much we care about their writing journey. So if you would, I'll invite you to share. Absolutely. I am happy to. I, my mother will tell you that I started writing as soon as I could crawl to a white wall with a red crayon. Now, I don't know about that, but I've heard there are pictures. <laughs> but the fact is that uh, my writing has pretty much been my entire life. Back in the early 90s, I was uh, at a revival. I was at church and I felt like God whispered into my soul that he wanted me to write for him. At the time, I had a tiny baby in my arms who was about four weeks old. I had a toddler. Well, actually I had, I had a toddler and then I had a preschooler. And I remember mentally looking up at God and going, what are you nuts? I don't have time <laughs> I couldn't even go to the bathroom by myself at that point. Uh, but I felt like he said, you do this and I will give you the time you need. So what could I do? I said, yes. 
So I began writing for him. And as I was writing, I was writing out of the overflow. I was writing about the the things that God was doing in my life. And as I was doing that, I was finding some success. I had had some speaking engagements. And I really began to sort of get a mental picture of what this writing life for God was going to look like. And it looked a lot like Beth Moore. And I'm I'm really kind of embarrassed. No, I'm very embarrassed to say that. But I think it's important to understand that we all come into this sometimes with skewed ideals. So I finished this Bible study I was working on and I sent it to a big publisher. I didn't read that they only accepted 1% or they only published 1% from unknown authors or authors who just queried. But it turns out that this... That this manuscript, the proposal that I sent, made it through. They asked for the full manuscript. It made it through back then, it made it through the editorial committee. And the editor called me and said that he loved it. He was very excited. And then it went to the sales team. And the sales team went, Who is Edie Melson? So I got a very polite rejection letter on. Uh, the 23rd of December. And it said, I'm sorry, but your name is not Beth Moore. It would cost us much to promote you and to grow your platform. Now, initially, that may sound like a horrible thing to say, but the fact is, God knew I needed to hear those specific words because God didn't call me to be Beth Moore. He called me to be Edie Melson. And at that point, I could either decide to surrender it all and write for him on his terms, or I could chuck it in and say, I'm not going to do this. And so I did surrender it all. And my path has looked very different from the amazing Beth Moore, but it has been amazing all the same. I came up through the writing conference uh, education process. I started going to Blue Ridge back in 2000. I had been going about 10 years when I became the assistant to Alton Gansky, who had just taken over from Yvonne Lehman, and eventually came on about uh, four or five years ago and took over as the director. I did that for one single year before I got smart and brought Diane in as my full partner, as my co-director. And so God has continued to open doors and to take me down a peg as I needed it. But the fact is each, each discouraging point has been a decision point. And one of the things I learned was that the only way to fail in following God in this writing life is to quit. And I am where I am right now because I haven't quit. I like how you said specifically what the rejection letter said to you, because it used the words that you were actually projecting as to who you kind of set yourself up to be. I can be like her. And they probably, if they had said anything else, it probably wouldn't have made as big an impact on you as those specific words naming Beth Moore. Absolutely. Good job. All right. So while I still have you, and this is what the kickoff is about, everybody, is we want you to know our journey. We want you to know why we're here. We want you to know why you're important to us. Every single writer, every listener, no matter what stage you're at in your writing, you are valuable. 
you are seen, and most importantly, you are valuable for the kingdom. And we want to invest in you. So we want you to know where we're coming from. So Edie, I'd like you to take just a moment and kind of tell our listeners why you believe your best writing life will bring added value to their lives. I think this is a really important question because I know that when Diane and I were discussing this and when the three of us were discussing this, we all became aware that there are a lot of writing podcasts out there. So why did the world need one more? And my answer to that is that I believe we offer a place of proven value and expertise. There are a lot of sources out there just dying to tell us how to write, when to write, what to write, and how to manage our writing businesses. But who do we trust? How do we know how to trust? And how do we know that what we're hearing is actually valuable or translatable to a broad aspect of the writing community? And I think your best writing life does that you know and trust our Blue Ridge family. You've seen us grow. You've seen me grow up in this community. And you've also seen that I have put into practice every single thing that I teach. Now, we vet our guests and make certain that they can back up what they say with action and with expertise. If we bring someone on as a social media expert, then they're going to have the numbers that back that up. The same thing with article writers, nonfiction, business. And the thing of it is we do it all in manageable bite-sized pieces. Very few of us have the time or the money to sign up for lengthy classes and online seminars. And here at Your Best Writing Life, we respect that. And we offer you proven value in an efficient amount of time. I mean, can we say nutshell moment here? <laughs> it's exactly who we are, right? I'm, I'm just saying, wow, we're all on the same vein here. Diane, I hear you giggling. This is who we are. And we do get excited <laughs> about it, but we are purposed to be here. And so are you, because your best writing life is ahead of you. No matter what you've gone through, it is ahead of you. And what we bring brings value that is worthy of you taking the time to sit for a little bit and take a listen. I had a lady the other day that said, this will be the perfect length of time for me to fold laundry. They're doing a double, you know, a double take. They can listen. They can be on a treadmill. I'm glad that that's something you brought up, Edie. We want to make sure that what we give you is in bite-sized portions so you can chew on it, digest it, and be ready for the next time that we come back. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right. So, Diane, your writing journey is different from Edie's, but truly that's what makes, you know, kind of like your common goal to change the world one writer at a time so powerful. Give us a few nuts and bolts about your writing journey, if you would. Okay. I don't think it's quite as exciting as Edie's, but uh, here you go. I have been writing novels, books, since I was uh, eight years old. And uh, we're talking about a big chief notebook pad and a number two pencil. However, family stories say that I used to get spanked for uh, telling fibs, but now I get paid for it, so I guess it doesn't matter. To tell you the truth, I never had the courage all those years. And I'm talking about 
from being eight to, you know, into my adulthood, I never had the courage to go forth with my dream, my desire to write. And I even felt God say to me, Diane, I want you to write for me. And I had the audacity to say, why don't you ask somebody else? <laughs> and, uh, but that's not, that's not what God had in mind. And still I couldn't begin until my husband said to me one day, would you stop telling me that someday you're going to write a book? I want you to quit your job and see if you can get anything published. I'll give you a year. And if you can, then you never have to go back to another day job. You can always write. Well, I'm sort of short. And they say that dynamite comes in small packages. And I looked at him and I said, all right, I will. <laughs> and I did. But there, uh, there is a method. My writing journey took me down paths that I never thought I would go. I am very organized, probably a little OCD on the organization side. But I looked at my day that now I would be at home. And I divided it up into how much writing time and how many words I was going to do per day, how much time I would spend reading novels in the genre that I wanted to write and the bestsellers and the how-to books, a uh, little bit about marketing. I didn't know anything about marketing. And I took all of that together and I looked at it as a full-time job, as a career. And I'm praying all the way, all the way. And I want to tell you that in that first year, God is very, very good. Uh, I sold articles. I sold a short story. I finished that book. And by the end of the first year, I uh, sold it and was very, very excited about that. Uh, I started a, a writer's group in my home. Uh, I understood when God said to me, Diane, I want you to write, and I want you to write story. And the other side of what he wanted me to do was to take whatever I learned and to make sure that a serious writer uh, was able to take that same information. There was no hoarding mm. it. It was share. And I've always lived by that uh, by that practice, that I'm going to strive for excellence, not perfectionism, because if we do that, we might as well quit, but always to uh, strive for excellence. That's something that Edie and I do with our conferences and our retreats and our podcasting and everything else that we do. Uh, and that is to give our very best and let God do the rest. And that even rhymes. And I wasn't even aware of that till it came from my <laughs> mouth. But I, I believe that. I believe in story. I believe in story because Jesus spoke in parables. I believe in inspirational fiction. I want to show a character who, how should I put this? Um, they solve their problems and approach life from a Christian world point of view. And that doesn't mean that they are going to preach and and give long, lengthy prayers, and going to go to church, and you read pages and pages of a sermon. That's not what I mean at all. I want to show my readers a character who loves God and puts Him first. They make mistakes like we do. 
learn from them and move on. And that is my writing journey. And every day is a new day. If I don't challenge myself to be a better writer every day, then I might as well, you know, pack up my toys and go home. And I teach that same thing too. We have to challenge each other. Just like God challenged me, I want you to do this, Diane, and I didn't listen, so he had to work through my husband who said, come on, I challenge you, I dare you to write this book. Uh, that's, that's my life philosophy. That's my writing journey. And so for all of you who are listening and you are thinking, I can't do this, uh, I want to tell you that you can. I challenge you. I dare you to get serious about your gift of writing. Most excellent. As a, as a writer myself, I'm really encouraged by both of you. I'm encouraged to persevere. I'm encouraged to never give up. And boy, you throw out that gauntlet of a challenge for me, Diane, and it makes me <laughs> want to just jump on it. Not everyone takes challenges that way, but I always consider the source and so when I look at the both of you as a source of our mission and our vision here on Your Best Writing Life, it is always an encouragement to be able to take heed to be that forever learner. And even as the host of Your Best Writing Life, I'm here because I want to learn as much as I can as well. I'm just looking forward to seeing what God is going to do with this. So, Diane, I'm going to ask you, I'd asked Edie the question about, you know, how she saw your writing life impacting our listeners. I'm going to ask you, what do you see our writers walking away with when they listen each week to your best writing life? What are your thoughts? My thoughts, and I think in story. I hmm. think of every writer crawling out of bed and strapping on their craftsman belt. And no matter what part uh, of their journey they're on, if they are a new writer, they've published some things or, you know, bestseller, no matter what they're writing, fiction, nonfiction, devotions, articles, emails, texts, no matter what they're writing, that they can find the tools needed to sharpen their skills and continue on and on with uh, your best writing life. And it's so accessible. It's in snippets. And we live in a snippet society. I can't believe I got both of those words out at the same time. <laughs> but uh, those little uh, sound bites, they are short. Uh, they are impactful. Driving in our cars uh, while we're cooking, while we are waiting to pick our kids up from school, while we're at our desks eating a, a lunch or a snack, we can tune in to your best writing life and we can pick up nuggets. We can mine the whole writing world out there because Edie and I will ensure that every time Linda says, okay, who do you think we should ask to be a part of our program? We know, we know who are the best teachers, who are the best instructors, those who love people as God loves people, those who understand the seriousness of what we're doing. When we reach out with our writing to draw in one more person closer to Jesus, that means that we have to have the best teaching available. And for some of us, that may mean that we just don't learn that lesson the first time. So we've got to listen again. 
And the more we listen, the more we learn, and the more uh, we are able to apply the things that we are learning, we are listening to on your best writing life, and just moving ahead in our goals and our God-given purpose. And that excites me. That makes me very, very excited. So that's what I see with enthusiasm. Uh, I can't turn a cartwheel like I used to, but that's where my mind is at when I think of all that's available for our writers on your best writing life. I appreciate that. I appreciate uh, both of you being here, taking time out of your very busy schedule to be here to share with our brand new listeners what they can anticipate as being uh, as being part of your best writing life family. And truly, it's going to be a family. We're going to want to connect with all of you. We're going to be opening up a uh, Facebook group that we would love for you to connect with us on Facebook as, and then when we have different guests on, and maybe you have further questions, you'd be able to connect with us there. You know, we'll try to get answers maybe that we didn't have before. And also here, write some comments. Let us know what you'd like to hear. Let us know the topics that you want. We will get the right person to be connected that will give you the answers that you need. We're not going to make anything up. We're going to make sure that you know what is current, what is hot off the press. We want to keep that available right in front of you each and every week. And if we have to come in and do a special broadcast, we'll let you know that we're going to be doing that as well. But the way that we do that is make sure that you do hit that subscribe button. We want you to be connected and not miss not miss anything. So why don't we give uh, shout outs to some of the outstanding guests in our lineup that all of our listeners are going to be learning from in the weeks to come. So Edie, who can we start with? Uh, I am so excited that we're having literary agent and multi-award-winning author Cynthia Rupti coming on. Woo! Diane. Oh, we have multi-award-winning author of military and spy novels and children's uh, mysteries and fantasies, James R. Hannibal. We also have the editor, ghostwriter, article writing guru, and multi-award winning author, Linda Gilden, will be joining us. And we will have publishers, bloggers, podcasters, conference leaders, webmasters, and more. In fact, anyone we meet who is a professional in the writing industry, in the publishing industry, we want to bring them to you. And I love that we do that because we're not we're not just pulling from one source. We have many resources. What you're going to receive as listeners, you're going to receive more practical writing application tips and strategies every single month. And we're probably going to also toss in some speaking tips in there as well, because most of us have been taught if you write, you're also going to speak. So we want to make sure that you're going to be the best you can be at both of those areas in your life. And for sure, I will let you know that Diane and Edie will be back to share their individual expertise throughout the year. There are so many areas that they are just so strong in, and they can't wait to be able to come back and share it with you. In our show notes, you're going to find the links to both Diane and Edie's website, plus September's extended list of writer's tips and soul care for writers, 
which happens to be seasonally beautiful as well. I love the artistic prowess of the individual who created this. No names will be mentioned. <clears throat> Edie Melson. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's beautiful to look at, Edie. And I know that you and Diane will be collaborating. And you're going to present to us every month a brand new downloadable list of writer's tips and soul care for the writer. Be sure that y'all are looking for these each and every month. And when you connect with Diane, it's at dianemills.com. I'm going to spell that for you. D-I-A-N-N-M-I-L-L-S dot com. And connecting with Edie, go to her website, E-D-I-E-M-E-L-S-O-N dot com. Edie Melson. All right, Diane and Edie, what is one final thought you want our listeners to receive before we go on about our day? Diane? I would say that by listening to your best writing life, you are going to take your writing expertise to the next level and to the next level after that. So I encourage you to subscribe and to be a part of this wonderful new program that we're offering. And Edie. Mine is a quote that I'd like to leave you with because I think it can be tempting to look back at this year as a wasted year. And so I would encourage everyone to stay the course and don't worry about lost time. And the quote I want to share is actually from Alan Arnold from his book With, and it is this, God has all the time he needs to accomplish his purpose. And when we're walking closely with him, so do we. Beautiful. Thank you both so very, very much. I think this year and going into the years that follow are going to be fabulous. And I, I'm really trying to imagine what it's going to be like six months from now with all of the material and information that is being fed into every single writer who is consistent in listening to your best writing life. We will be a family out there in the cyber world, and we hope that you will continue to join with us. Thank you for tuning in this week. And next week is going to be here well before you know it. Take a moment to hit that subscribe and leave us some love. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you, everybody.